Happy August, everybody. As the summer winds down, we need to turn our attention a little bit to the lawn. That's right. From the garden to the lawn, we're going to jump back way in the time capsule here in the episodes only to last year. It's not that far back. Anyhow, Mike and I did a, a Overseeding Your Lawn episode, which has some great information in it that I think would be totally helpful this time of year. We've had people coming into the store buying grass seed all summer long, which is crazy to me with the heat that we've had. Uh, hopefully, they were just buying it so they can uh, reseed this fall, late summer. When the temperatures are warm, the sun is out, and the evenings are cool. We're not there yet. We're really close, though. I want you to pay attention to this episode. Take a listen. And maybe you did listen to it last year. Ah, just kind of revisit it again. It'll, maybe something will click that you forgot about last year or skipped a process because of the weather. But this will help bring it all around again, and you'll be ready to attack your lawn. And for our newer listeners, I encourage you to go back into Season 1. Uh, we have several episodes with Dave Slavinsky, lawn service manager here at uh, Black Diamond Garden Center Lawn Service. Each of those episodes cover what to do, uh, suggestions, tips for that particular round, as we call them. Early spring, late spring, feeding, window apply, grub control, you know, what to do during the hot summer, and then your winter fall prep. So there's several episodes, you know, do a little binge listening. You can get the full year all at once. And while we're talking about full year real quickly, your lawn takes time. It's a very slow process to convert from not being treated to treating it, to turning it around, to get rid of the weeds, get rid of the grubs and turn it around to a healthy, full, thick, lush, soft grass. So give it some time. Don't expect a miracle overnight. And then a year, year and a half from now, you'll be like, whoa, what happened here? This looks awesome. Anyway, take a listen. Mike and I present an encore episode of Overseeding Your Lawn. Mike, it's 98 degrees. Why do you have me outside and more importantly, why am I not in the pool? Why am I in the grass? <laughs> because if you went the entire summer to be walked on, stomped on, blades growing through it from being mowed, a lack of water, I mean, my goodness gracious, I want you to experience what your lawn's going through all summer. Mike, you want me to do what? It's it's 98 degrees out. I know what the temperature is. It's 101 feels like. Well, okay. I want you to become one with your lawn. Look, if you went the entire summer of being walked on, stomped on, had chemicals put on you, lack of water, uh, and neglect because somebody goes on vacation, a priority, I want you to experience what you're going to have to do when you become one with lawn. So how does becoming one with the lawn equate to me overseeding? Well, okay. That's uh, it, what, a, what a nice little question. It's not a little question. It's a big question. Uh, you're going to have to do some seeding. Are you noticing that in your... See, your pool is just tormenting us. It's saying, come to us where your lawn... Look at the grasses in some of these areas. 
The tips of these are very fine, but they're bleached out. And then other ones, very coarse and very thick, and they're, 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 they're the darkest of all green. Now, do you want this to carry on next season and it be high maintenance like some of the ladies you went out with before you married? <laughs> yes, I don't. Yes, you don't. That's a good one. And I'll tell you why I brought you back to this section. Okay. It's because the front part of this section I've been redoing, working each fall, bringing some more seed back, and I'm working this way. Of course, we're under huge trees right here, so this section is the toughest part of my grass. Uh-huh. And, yes, I have thin. I have some fescue, a little thicker, a little bit better. But I'm working my way back each fall. I keep re- uh, overseeding. Well- it actually seems a little corny, but, you know, it, it's not. I mean, I want you to know your lawn. I want you to know your lawn's conditions. I want you to know the growing condition. I mean, if you're looking at it, the lawn, the, the grass that is really browning out or go, going dormant right now is your fine fescue. That's because of those trees. No, the trees didn't take the nutrients away. It's just that now that the trees are being thinned out, you're thinning them out. Sunlight is getting to them a little bit more frequently when the lack of moisture. Now, the trees definitely are taking some of the moisture away. But I want you to know your lawn because I want you to go ahead and do some seeding now so that everything's ready for next season. Now? Now. It's too hot. I'm going to have to water a lot. Well, that's right. I mean, you're going to have to give to get. Remember those high-maintenance ladies? Yeah, but I... Th- I'm going to tell your wife about them. I thought, the, I thought the point of fall seeding was that it was cooler during the day and that... that it's not Because gonna- you, that moisture that you're going to need to add so much of. If you want, yes, you can wait until mid-end of September, 1st of October to go ahead and do it. When it's going to be cooler days, days are going to be shorter, and and the, the likelihood of rain is going to be far higher than, let's say, right now, end of August, 1st part of September. And the reason I'm, I'm stating right now to do it now, if you pay now, what was that, STP, pay me now or pay me later. If you pay now for the water which is going to be far less, midday, I don't care what Dave Slavinsky says, you get the proper seed, you wash it in, you give it about a half hour of water each day until you've mowed it at least two times, the new grass, then I'd say you're pretty well set. Now, when that's all done, you're going to probably be at the end of September, first part of October, if you do the seeding now. But if you're going to be doing it now, you're going to have to follow up with water. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, in, in theory, hopefully you're still watering the rest of the good grass that's in that section you want to overseed. So you're not really adding more water to your bill or your, you know. No, you're not. But, you know, again, it's your situation is, is you've got a combination of turf-type fescue and fine fescue. The bluegrasses are kind of gone in your lawn. I mean, that was, you know, grandpa's in 1966 all the way up to about the mid-'80s. Yeah, I don't need no bluegrass. But you, that, those are the two grasses that you have. The fine fescue is the one that's showing most of the, not damage, but the stress. The turf-type right. fescue, you can see where you're starting in one section of the lawn, and each season it's getting thicker and greener, whereas where the trees are stealing the moisture, where the trees basically are no longer giving the shade it once had, uh, the fine fescue is really paying the price for it. So are you going to ask me what you're going to have to do? What's the procedure? In a second, because okay. I'm going to add where the fine fescue is, is also this area is taking a little bit more sun beating because uh, the neighbors took some trees down. So I'm getting more sun in this area. So the fine fescue makes sense that it's... Yeah, it's uh, paying the price. It's paying a price. Right. And yeah. so are you. I mean, you can give it all the water you want. Yeah, it'll probably end up getting a little bit greener. But you go to these 90-plus degree temperatures... 
with you know the the, the heat index at 110 and the humidity at 400, I mean it's not going to do you any good. No. I, I'd rather you know let's 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 call this square box square instead of round. Um, okay. Okay. So let's get uh, let's get uh, some information out there like about okay. procedure for overseeding. Okay. You, you, I, if you're willing to do this now, people, I, you know, Scott, he's he's very, you know, efficient at what he does. He's very particular and he's very methodical at what he does. I'm going to want to eliminate the methodical. I'm going to want to eliminate the particular. But here's what I'm going to recommend you do. Find the areas that are in dire straits that are going to need a lot of attention as far as new grass, new lawn. I want you to take your lawnmower out and I want you to scalp the hell out of it. You know, knock it all down to almost the bare ground. Why, you ask? That's going to do Because I want you to then bring in a little bit of topsoil. When I say topsoil, there's no standardization for topsoil. You can get bags of topsoil from one of these big box stores. It's going to be gravel. And there's no standardization. There's no legal definition of it. I want you to get some nice, rich, black earth. Throw it down. I want you to feather it out. Once you've feathered it out, I want you to go ahead and take the particular seed and throw it down on top of it. And when, I, when you feather it out, I want you to feather it into that scalped area of the lawn that you have right now. Um, because I want you to have it blended in. Now, when it comes down to the grasses, the one grass that will grow quite well in full sun and part shade is a turf-type fescue. I'm partial to one variety, which is called titanium, and another variety called Crossfire 5, and blend those two together. Why? Because they give you a nice, rich green color. The turf is fairway turf, like at one of these, you know, five-star golf courses, where it's going to stand erect. It's going to give you the deep, dark blue-green coloration. But I want you to add something else to it. I'd like you to add what they call Manhattan 5 perennial rye. Are you going to ask me why, Scott? Sure, Mike. But I think I know one reason, maybe not the reason you're thinking of, but why are we adding the perennial rye? Okay. I won't. I will allow the student to answer that question. Go, Scott, go. I'm trying to think in your logic versus mine. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I'm thinking that that rye is the first thing that's going to pop up over those three seeds that you have on the table right now or in the bag. And so that's going to, A, come up fast. It's going to hold the topsoil in place, a little anti-erosion type of deal. Um, what else could it do? I don't, I don't know what else it could do. Well, other, you know, you're a better than, man than I am. I, you got two out of possibly three most important factors. Yes. It, it, uh, yes, on both of those that you said. But then the final one is the ryegrass is going to grow straight up, whereas the turf-type fescue will grow in what they call a crown. But uh, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, what's going to happen here is Manhattan perennial rye, let's go annual rye. Annual rye will be five to seven days if you keep it wet. It'll be up and growing. You'll be mowing it in about 10 to 12 days. Perennial rye, such as this Manhattan perennial rye, will be up within about 7 to 10 days, and it will help to protect the seed that is just germinating from your turf-type fescue, which is going to take approximately, oh, 15 to 21 days just to crack out of the shell. Now, bluegrasses take at least 30 days to crack out of their shell. So here's where we come into, you know, most of us want immediate gratification. You're going to get the placebo from the Manhattan 5 perennial rye. What that is going to do, though, it's going to give you one seed, one stalk, like a corn stalk. Again, like I said, like your turf-type fescues and bluegrasses are going to grow in a crown, and they're going to spread that way, where you're going to have multiple blades coming out of the crown itself, 
One seed, one stock, Manhattan rye. Uh, it is also durable, and it has a deep root base to it, and the coloration is going to be similar to that of your turf-type fescue and bluegrass. So that's the reason I want that in there. It'll help to keep it shaded, keep it cooler, help protect it from the elements. Like you said, Scott, it'll give it time to root, the, the turf-type fescue to root, but it'll also protect it from elements like wind, uh, even a little bit more on drought, but heavy-duty rains, too. I mean, it's going to hold or seat that seed where it's supposed to grow or where you want it to grow. We have a similar mix at the garden center and very similar. I think it adds has another type of fescue. Jaguar? Why do I remember jaguar? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I think the nice thing about that type of mix and the mix you're explaining is not only for it popping up and going vertical and horizontally, but if you're overseeding and you're not sure what kind of grass you're overseeding, which is what most everybody's like, yeah, I have no idea what's in the ground now. I just moved in or something like that. This mix is like a camouflage. I think when you spread it out in the lawn, you can't tell that you just necessarily added that section in a lawn. If I was only to put crossfire in, you know, boom, it, that whole it. patch looks like crossfire. Yeah. But when you make this mix, it blends in so well with your current lawn that it looks like your current lawn is just building upon itself. Well, that's why I'm recommending the two types. You made mention of another uh, 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 turf-type fescue. That's why I'm recommending the two because you have a, a transition. You don't have a day-and-night scenario. If you want straight crossfire, put it in there in that grass. You're going to see a day and night scenario between the two grasses, the, the lawn that you exist, that you have, that you moved in or that you have right now, and then that new grass that's coming up. Um, bluegrass did the same thing. I mean, you can tell a distinct difference. The one thing that I do not like in a lot of blends are, if you were to buy name brand blends and they say traffic area, look to see if they say how much percentage of annual rye, perennial rye, and fine fescue is in there. Sure, it'll blend in. Sure, the annual and perennial rye will come up fast. But if you got a majority of that versus the turf-type fescue, you're, you're going to have the same problem next year that you have this year. You're not going to have a decent traffic. You're not going to have a decent watering. You're not going to have a decent growth procedure from those grasses in there. Fine fescue needs the shade. Some inexpensive perennial rye needed the shade also, but they're going to give you the lighter green coloration an annual rye is going to be a thicker blade, comes up five to seven days, does not come back the following season. So know what grass seeds you're going to be getting. Now that we have the grass seed. Well, we, wait a minute. We, we, you, you do have the grass seed? Well, you, you know how much grass seed you're going to Well, here we go. You're going to need for the we, area? We know the kind of grass seed. Okay. Let, let me rephrase that. We, okay. We know the kind of grass seed what we're getting What kind are you going to get? Now. I'm going to get the one you suggested. <laughs> <laughs> the turf-type fescue blends turf with, like, a decent Manhattan 5 Titanium, Crossfire, those are the two, those plus are the, the Manhattan two that'll rye. transition quite right. well. One's a little it's bit thicker, so, one's finer. It'll take the place of your, your fine fescue, but it's durable. The, the big question here is, before we even determine how much we need for our square footage, mm -hmm. what is the ratio of those... Do you like? You're going to find out that, that most, if you read on the back of these name brand bags that, that have them on there, they're probably going to say, one pound is going to cover 300 square feet. Uh, good luck on that. How are you going to apply it? You can use a hand spreader if you want, or you can use a drop spreader or a rotary spreader. Do you ever throw 
some of this grass around. Uh, it's about a foot up, maybe two feet up off of the ground. It ain't going where you want it to go, especially if you got the hand spreader. It ain't. You're spreading it straight out, but then the breeze, the slightest breeze, is going to push it either back in your face, to the left, to the right, to the north, to the south. It isn't going to do it. Most people are going to do what I've done, and that's going to be putting their hand in the bag, yep. throwing it down like they're feeding that's the chickens, and but, then... But before we do that, I need to know the ratio of that, that grass mix. The safest bet is to go one pound per hundred square feet or one pound no, per 10 but, by but 10 of that, area. I'm, you know, I think you're missing my point. That combination yeah. of the three seed types, right. is it a one-to-one-to-one? To one to one? Think of it like... Uh, Ooh, like I like, like that. You're being very good. No, think you... of it like your nitrogen, phosphate... Uh, Phosphorus and potassium, Potassium. Right. No, okay, but here's the, the deal. The three I, numbers. You're going to need less of the Manhattan 5 perennial rye because that's going to come up first, but a little bit more on equal portions of the turf-type fescue and, uh, let's say, the crossfire and the titanium. So 40-40-20? Uh, that's safe. I usually, to play it safe for everybody all the way around because you're not going to notice much of a difference on the perennial rye, I figure a pound-pound-pound or one-to-one-to-one ratio, meaning that if you're going to go... Well, a pound of Manhattan perennial rye, a, ma- a pound of Crossfire, and a pound of titanium. Blend it all together. Okay. So you, you got a decent. I mean, it's when it grows, you're going to love the way the turf looks. I don't think you're going to be that particular. Now, remember, the, the rye grass is one seed, one stock. Right. So eventually, your turf type fescues are going to crowd out that rye in the first place. You want that rye there to protect, to give you the essence of a placebo that you're growing something. And I, I think, you know, for the next two or three years, allow this turf-type fescue to really kick in. The Manhattan rye is a little bit cheaper uh, than the other two, not by much, but enough that, you know... Again, you're going to get what you pay Getting the whole pound is not Rather than... Now, see, if you're going to a box store, you generally don't... I've found that you don't have somebody that has open bins of grasses, grass seeds. Right, no. You're stuck buying what what they have to offer. And this is why I'm going to say, let's even stop talking about box stores because well, that's I, why the I, mom paws are big time but i think you're better off finding a garden center that has grass in the bin thank you or even i don't know depending on how much you're going to need you know i'm mean, 20 25 pound bags are the smallest pre-made bags that i have found that you can get so the bins if you if you need 10 pounds uh, total then the the bin type mom pop places are the are the cast me out. They they would be and and you know if you Google you know uh, mom and pop garden center on expensive uh, uh, highway USA and and they'll tell you how to get there. I mean go, I'm just right, learning right. how to how to use that. What is it? Google Maps or whatever it is. Anyways, uh, yeah, you look up a, uh, an independent garden center and ask for these blends. Now mind you. You've got to know your turf, you've got to know your soil, but the best thing for all of them, whether it's full sand or whether it's heavy-duty clay, is that the turf-type fescue is going to be able to have the deepest root system, the most sustainable, and it's going to be able to uh, tolerate the extremes like this damn weather you put us in outside. Oh, wait, I did. You put us in. Well, you got the pool. But anyhow. So we're not in. So Go ahead. But I need to backtrack a little bit. Go. Um... One of the first things I talk to a customer when they come in about grass seed is shade or sun or afternoon sun or morning sun. We we didn't even top that. We went directly to the mixture we know that works really well in this area, 
well, but we also have you know a lot of people with you know like we're sitting under you're sitting under four you big know, trees. huge 70 year old oak trees maple trees etc uh you got hemlock now what does that tell us right here that shade. remember what i said not only shade but i told Dry. you to know your area know the area that it's going to grow what do oak trees hemlocks pine trees fir trees have in common they deposit acid in the soil and when acid is deposited in the soil a byproduct of too much moisture or too much acid air, lack of air circulation is going to be moss. Now, you can put down a moss killer if you'd like before you do any seeding. And I want you to do it at the same time. Or you can get yourself a product called lime, which has micronutrients like manganese, boron, uh, calcium, you name it, iron. And it will help to neutralize the pH in the soil. I would recommend, first of all, if you've got the shady conditions where you do notice moss growing, Knock the moss out right away. And I'd like you to get a product that's got ferrous sulfate or iron in it. I'm not going to name the name brand company that does it all throughout the United States, but it's usually something that says moss killer. And if you use that within about three to five days, you're going to see the dark green turn to light green, from light green to a yellow green, from yellow green to almost a copper, then to a brown. When it turns brown, you don't even have to dig that stuff out. Just loosen it up. Maybe get a little fresh topsoil, like I said in the beginning. Throw that down, rake it out, and then throw your grass seed mixture down on top of it. However, now we're getting into the shady section of it. I want you to increase the amount of Manhattan rye in comparison to what your turf-type fescue is. Remember, Manhattan rye is a perennial ryegrass that tolerates the shade a lot better than any of the other grasses that I can recommend. You could add, if you know... Uh, you can add some fine fescue to it, but I don't like that grass. Why? Because it doesn't compete with root systems. The slightest change in pH, it's going to end up turning dark. Not dark. It's going to end up turning light brown or yellow, and it's going to be ugly. So that's why I want you to go an increasing amount with a lesser amount of turf-type fescue, the increasing amount of Manhattan rye. So instead, if it's a, if it's a heavily shaded area, rather than going one pound, one pound, one pound, like I said, for the sun, yeah, quite safe, I'd rather you go... A 60-20-20, like you had made mention, but 60% Manhattan rye, 20% Crossfire, 20% uh, uh, Titanium. If you don't remember all these, at least you know what questions to go ask your garden center professional. To ask someone who knows. Okay, so... Stay away from the fine fescue, man. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. You can do it, but, you know, and you can listen to a lot of these places that are saying, I've been doing this for 22 years. I know my stuff. Well... You know, maybe they do, but I don't want you... I mean, fine fescue has been recommended for centuries, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Midwest, we're in that weird flux of basically our perennial grasses need to be cool weather grasses. Right, right. But considering it's 98 or X amount of days this summer already, and humidity has us at a feels like a 101... Well, so we're, we're getting away from that. So your grasses, I think, are and until they start mutating themselves and learning how to deal with it over long periods of time, you're still going to have stress grass in your lawn no matter what you do. Scott, there's a lawn out there, a grass out there that was promoted a good 50 plus years ago in a newspaper by the cartoon section for Sunday morning. You know, dad to watch it. Never have to water Never have to fertilize it, and, you know, it comes in plugs. Called artificial turf? Well, almost, almost, but it was called zoysia. Yes. Zoysia grass. You throw the plugs out, and you just let them take their own course, and it grows like a wildfire. 
It's thicker than sin. You could lose an entire lawnmower in it. I mean, it's very, very durable, very thick. And in the midsummer, in the heat, it loves it. But the slightest change in sunlight, yes. the slightest change in temperature, that stuff is going to turn to a light green, to a yellow green, to all yellow. The neighbor three doors down, and I'm not referencing the band, he, <laughs> he had that grass. Uh-huh. Zoysia. 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 Is it like Wigilia? Is it Wig- one of those Wiglia. names? Wigilia. Yeah. Um, but he had that, and you they've slowly you've turned their grass type around, but you would see, I mean, it would be yellow, 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 then instantly green at a certain temperature, and then green, green, and then yellow. And it it, it was crazy. I mean, it would be like, wait, it's just... I'll guarantee, you know, it's this not is, green that long. You know, in this, this is August, September, zone. right? Days are getting shorter. The lack of sunlight's causing it to go yellow, but you get into a cold spot, it's going to go. Forget right. it. We're not doing it anymore, guys. Let's shut down for the winter. It's primarily a southern grass that grows up here, um, and it only grows in full direct sunlight. When you have a shaded area, you can see where the shade starts and the sun stops. I mean, immediately the zoysia is going to stop there. You've got Bermuda grass. You've got all sorts of other grasses that are southern hemisphere grasses that you are not going to be able to have any success growing up here. Well, like you said, it, like you said, it's cool. It's cool weather grasses. And when you say cool weather, it started out with just bluegrass. You know, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, everybody wanted a fairway grass like you know these five-star golf courses, Firestone, Pebble Beach. You know, if the, but we don't have the budgets anymore. And we can't even do it. I mean, these places, million and million dollar budgets to keep the thing watered, to keep it irrigated, to keep it fertilized. How often can you go out there and water it, fertilize it, maintain it? Both people in the house usually work until their kids are gone. Right, right. And then now, when the kids are gone, um, they're getting the house ready so that they can sell. So that they're not going to have to mow. But I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, prepare right now. Let's not make, you know, a, a major science out of this. But you know what? A pound, a pound, a pound. So let's get back on track here with applying this to our lawn. You said it's a pound per, like a 10 by 10 foot area right. if you're overseeding. Right. So you guys all at home can do the math. You figured out how much your ratio is between the mix, and then now you need X amount of pounds. And I'll tell you what, it's okay to have leftovers because, you know, in two months if there's an area that didn't come up exactly like you wanted to you've got that mix already just throw it down i'm so glad dave slavinsky's not here right now because like you said if you got any left over here's the gist if by any chance you need to do any seeding do it you can never ever overseed just give it what it needs i mean you could drop a 50 pound bag in a 10 by 10 area something's gonna grow you're gonna waste the grass seed but something's gonna grow so like you said, you got something left over. You did a decent job of throwing it down, raking it in, throw a little bit more on top, rake it in, wash it in, water it a half hour every day until you mow it two times, you're set. What you have left over, like you said, you may notice a bare spot come end of October, first part of November. The lawn person that we had on before where he and I have, you know, this dueling, you know, uh, well, I want to say a fight. It's not an argument, but it's friendly. He doesn't believe in dormant seating. I swear by it. I listen to all these old-timers that, that used to go up and down and say, yeah, I'd wait until just before the first snowfall, and when they're saying two to three inches and it's still ground out there, I'll throw it down. Let the snow fall on top of it, push it down into the ground, 
Next spring, you're going to see the most beautiful lawn you can find. Then there's guys that take it. If you've got like about four inches down, but you said, oh, shoot, I wanted to do this, but I can't because I'm having my house uh, redone like uh, somebody else we know. And uh, so they're basically holding off. You could go ahead and do what they call dormant seeding. Throw it down. Let it snow. Let it pack it in. Let it start to fill in on its own. I think I'm going to try that this I, I year think you'll in this, a good in this section. I know you're saying go ahead and throw seed down now, but, I mean, water around here is extremely expensive. Uh-huh. So I may just hold off and do it a little bit later, and then, you know, I'll try, I'm going to try the dormant thing. See, if you, if you, well, not only dormant, but if you, the later you wait, as long as you know where you're going to go and what you're going to do, you can really capitalize on Mother Nature. Because the seed, now, mind you, if you were to do it right now and not give it any water, you might as well just give me the money and I'll go to Jamaica. But here, if you, because it's just going to evaporate the seed's moisture that they have in the shuck. Believe it or not, the seed looks like it's dry as, you know, the sawdust, but it's not. There's moisture in there. There's activity in there. Once you connect that seed with soil and the microorganisms that's in the soil, along with moisture, you're going to get that, that byproduct, which is going to be germination. And that germination is going to go. But like you said, if you can't do it right now, don't do it. Do it when we're going to have the likelihood of, let's say, okay, it's going to be sunny and cool today. But then come this weekend, we're expecting, you know, more rain. And we do. Come autumn, let's just say the end of September, first part of October, feel comfortable doing it. And doing it that way. And, yeah, when you get the seed down, just give it a light misting. Leave it alone. If we get the continued fall rains that we're looking for, the cool weather, you're going to see that Manhattan rye germinate within that five to seven days, maybe seven to ten, being that you don't have that much moisture on it. But that's the germination that you're going to look forward to. My concern right now in this heat as far as my personal area that I know all about, um, you know, I, I've been here 20-some years. I know how this works as far as my Your earth. property, right. Yeah, my property. There you go. So I've been keeping my, per slivy, I've been keeping my grass a little bit longer in this heat, not mowing as often. So I know that seed probably would like to see a little more sun than it would be getting if I laid it down right now because of leaving it the grass. Right. Remember I said earlier, I want you to scalp it. I I don't, yeah, I know you want me to scalp it. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I have good looking lawn right now. And there's just some areas within that. So you, you have to know where you're putting the seed and what you can get away with as far as you're not trying to destroy what you have. We're not no, inserting no. a new lawn in here. No, We're you, adding if two. If you want to do the dormant seeding, which I know you're going to do it, and I want to prove to that gentleman that we both love dearly <laughs> Sorry, how, 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 how it, it works. And, this, and I think this is the success ratio that you're looking forward to. Yes, you do it in the autumn. You get it down just before the first snowfall. Prove it to that man. And then next season, come, because you're going to get the germination started this year. Ground is still going to be warm. It's the air temperature that's not. And if it's going to be warm, you're going to get that germination process. Once that's already started, then you go into what they call suspended animation. In other words, the freeze is going to put it into a dormant state, and it won't kick back in until ground temperatures reach about 60 degrees next season again. And, and that's the biggest thing with grass seed is the ground temperature. Absolutely. And th- that's the key. That is that is the ignition switch to 
your grass taking off. I and You know what? And the reason why I want you to do it this year, I don't care if it's, you know, just before Christmas. Uh, the reason I want you to do it this year, because it helps to eliminate any future problems later on. Let's just say if you were to go out and do any seeding in the spring, um, and I would recommend seeding over sod by all means. Oh, yeah. In any case. Let's say somebody had a garage torn down and they built another one or a ditch into the house, and that portion of the lawn is really schmutzy. Well, then go ahead and do the seeding, but expect these things to occur. Expect crabgrass. Expect weeds. Right, right. Expect all of this junk that you're going to have to an uphill battle. I don't want you to try to kill the crabgrass. I will expect you to try to kill those broadleaf weeds and then let everything be taken care of the following season. But if you don't have to do it in the spring or the summertime, do it in the fall. Correct. That's going to I, I eliminate totally all of the future problems. Yeah, because even if you're seeding in the non-preferred time because construction or just because whatever, at least do it to minimize if you, I mean, if you didn't seed and you got all the weeds and crabgrass and crap in that ground, I mean, let's face it, anything sees bare earth, it's attracted to it. So you got to put, you got to at least try to get something down. At least that will get you started for the next round, knowing that that grass is going to look bad for three months until you can seed correctly in the fall. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 the fix-it routine. Understand that you're not going to have the most pristine-looking lawn. Right. Okay, the construction or whatever, it's going to look really cool. But the lawn, I don't want you to get sod, and I do not want you to put it down. Now, down south... The Bermuda grass sods, the zoysia sods, those are going to do fine down there. Georgia, Mississippi, the Mason-Dixon line farther south. But up here, no, please don't. Now, the sod farms are going to hate me for it. Um, I'd rather you seed because what is sod grown on? It's grown on a, it, on, a, on a peat base where the root system is not allowed to go down or vertically into the ground. It's going to grow horizontally, thus causing more and more of a thatch barrier each year it grows unless you go through the following procedures like corification on maybe twice three times a year and overseeding with another lawn with that turf type fescue and uh, ryegrass blend that I told you but sods if there's bluegrass in it it's going to be susceptible to disease and I'm telling you right. I don't have the budget to go and put fungicides down on a regular basis do you no, but I will tell you a family story here. My right. my dad loved his grass, loved his lawn. Uh, we didn't have a huge lawn area front and back, and he sodded. He loved sodding. He loved the process, the picking he, he up, followed the laying down, the cutting. He would he would be out there sweating. He comes in looking like a lobster. Doesn't bother him. He just went. And he would redo that section of grass maybe every four years. Because of the thatch barrier and the well, fungus problems. Well, yes. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> so, but it was his hobby. He, well, that's exactly right. He I mean, if you can afford to do it, it right. physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So, I just yeah. want to say that you and I, well, maybe you, but not me. I mean, look at Scott. Your lawn isn't small either. Imagine what that's going to cost in either case to maintain water, Number two, fertilization. Number three, sodding. Number four, seeding. You got to weigh and balance everything else out, too. But like you said, after about the fourth or fifth year on the sod, it starts to become more and more susceptible to disease and insect activity. I think I've shared this before, but everybody in our neighborhood, when we were kids and would play out front, 
that our our football field in the street and the grass aprons up to the sidewalks and our, it looked like a rectangle except for in front of my dad's house there was like a, a no fly zone and then you you didn't go near it with no, anything no 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 so, oh, well. all right so the other my other warning for all you people laying down this mixture of seed is is when it a you, warning or are you going to give them a heads up uh, it's uh, a heads up about a warning okay. no, i don't know cool. it's my suggestion is you please do not stop watering when you see that perennial rye come oh, up, so which we, we right. now know is the first thing that's going to pop up out of those three seed types. Those other ones are not going to pop up for another seven, ten days. So don't give up on those. You've got three different kind of you know, I'm going to say infant babies growing. You need to keep nourishing Nurturing them. all of them, even if you don't see them. So don't stop the water. Yeah, it's it's one of those Mario Andretti things, you know, pay him now, pay him later. You get to go, oh, speaking of paying him now, yeah, you got to take care of it right now because once you get that root in that turf-type fescue, you can't neglect it. But it's going to give you the opportunity to pay attention to a few more things a lot longer which is like maybe you want to go fishing or spend more time in your pool or, you know, eat a tuna fish sandwich. I don't know. But basically it's going to give you more time than worrying about your lawn. Now, there's something that's going on right now that I'm trying to figure out. Your family owns a, a garden center, correct? Um, what is, I'm noticing pricing on seed. Yes. It's, it seems to be, not seems it's, to be, it's outrageous. It is very outrageous right now. So buy it now while you can, A. Um, yeah, what I have found out that's happening is uh, it's a couple of things. It's still COVID leftover, um, minimal staff, you know, oh, working the okay. seed fields or I don't know exactly how it's done, but, you know. And you got to pay for the overtime and the extra that people. That and the in. less people. So, and then if it wasn't very much of a great crop coming in. Well, but I can see that. And I know. I think I, know. I know the reason why. It's because of what COVID did. Nobody was going out there to, to plant for yes. the harvest. Yes. So, and then the third thing that's screwing pretty much everything over is freight, transportation. With a well, lot with less... those gas prices now doubling from when they were a year ago. Yeah, thank you. Yep, it's and a little the, bit. Well, you know. not only that, but some of the truck drivers that decide to retire, well, there's a shortage of drivers. There's a shortage um, of everybody. And, you know, there, I hate to say this, but there are certain there are certain runs or freight runs that, you know, drivers are trying to make up for lost money from COVID. Although I think freight did perfectly well to be honest with you but people are trying to make up for that lost revenue so it's they're taking the higher paying jobs oh yeah 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 so yeah. delivering grass seed is is bottom of the totem there yeah no, food is a priority yeah, lumber is so, a priority building materials so that cost a has gone up b the frequency of when those uh trips with seed coming into the stores is you know getting rarer and rarer um or the even the amount that you get per trip so can you give me i mean we don't have to have the exact pricing but let's say something that used to be about two and a half bucks a pound what's the price of it now probably around five five bucks i a mean pound. It, it literally has it's almost doubled. getting as, as expensive as pot was in the 70s you know the stuff that people clay, are using for medicinal purposes right mm -hmm. now oh yeah that one not that i know personally 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it is doubled. It, but it, the same thing happened with lumber. So the, the big question is, is how long is that going to last? Lumber seemed to not last a whole long, I mean, long enough. Yeah, but me did wrong. you ever see the prices go down? Yeah, lumber started going down. It did? I yeah. didn't? Okay. Well, so, yeah, you're having things done. Hopefully, we're going to see seed prices start to go down also. I mean, well, mainly because you think that's going to deter people from doing any of their seeding? Because, again, it, it may, but what used to be two and a half bucks a pound, and people generally in the Midwest don't have the same capital as people that live in, you know, like New York or L.A. Of course, right. they don't have lawns in the cities either like that. Right. My suggestion here is don't stop. Maybe if it, depending on your situation, maybe seed a little less. Um, but focus on the areas that need you know. It. Or if you know, at that point, my always suggestion is is spend some of that money on water, save what yeah. you have, enjoy yeah. what you have, wait for the pricing to go down, and then jump back on the bandwagon. I'm not saying don't seed. Maybe you just seed a little bit less. Well, again, I you know the, this 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 seed. Or the grass is getting about as expensive as the other stuff. Um, Any, uh, we're, we're getting a little long here. Yeah. Any uh, final words of, uh, I mean, we, we hand threw our seed down. We kind of gently raked Rake it, it in. in. With, with, yeah, I want you to use a leaf rake. Down. I don't want you to do, if you, don't do any dethatching. If you have to do anything, do plugs and go over about three or four times. It's going to look like a flock of geese went through your yard and dumped their their, their, their byproduct in your yard. Leave that there, but then obviously overseed with the blend that we've, and figure a pound per 100 square feet, regardless if it's starting from scratch or whether you've already got, you know, the plugging done or bare areas that you want to go. Figure a pound per 100. Again, a, a good ratio is a pound, pound, a pound. Pound of Manhattan, pound of uh, Crossfire, and a pound of titanium combined. That'll give you three pounds. That will cover approximately 300 square feet. Okay, just keep that in mind and seed as far or as late into the season as you can. And in closing, I just think that, you know what, Scott, like you, just maintain your lawn the way that you have been. But remember to scalp the heck out of it when you do your dormant seeding in the fall. Yeah, I'm still scared of the scalping. Scott's scared? Well, no, my should. neighbor's lawn. Well, that's they, they cut it like down to a quarter of an inch. Right now, they're not going to have a lawn. No, it's 90-something degrees. That's what degrees. I'm saying. There's more, there's more dirt. I've never seen that lawn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let me rephrase You're gonna it. You're going to reminisce. I've never, yes, I've never seen that patch of dirt be more brown <laughs> For the 20 and plus have years more different here. types of weeds than the 20-plus years that I've been to, all because they mow at the lowest possible setting on a rider that, you know, is just smashing what grass you is know, there. You know, a sage brought it to my attention a long time ago. You can't pick your in-laws or your neighbors. No, no. So you're stuck in either it, case. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It makes yours look so much better. I know. It makes me look great. There's so, definitely a line yeah, in between I'm, our where she mows and I When it comes time, and I know people that are listening to this right now, um, and keep sending in those questions via our website, not website, our email. Yep, or the phone number. Or the phone number. Because there's going to be questions come this autumn, and I'll remind you. But Scott's going to do something. I'm going to tell you, when I say scalping, I want him to cut lower than three inches. I want him to cut to maybe about inch and a half to two inches in the ground. To him, that's going to be scalping. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, uh, best luck to all of you. 
on this. Remember, a pound is going to cover about 100 square feet. Got to make contact with soil and has to make contact with moisture. And on their way out, right now I'm going to sit here and record a quick tip. Scott's going to do a quick tip. Joy and Raptor. It's all about your watering, your, your water, your <laughs> irrigation system. It's, it, you, just, you know, for the guy that didn't know squat, he's, he's becoming, and I'm agreeing with him on this stuff. Well. Because a, he does his homework and he wants to know. Well, I'm, you know, when you replace irrigation heads from the winters and stuff, you kind of get good at that stuff. But, no, I've got a quick little tip that I think everybody needs a little kick in the pants, a reminder of. Well, much like uh, replacing batteries in your smoke detectors every. Well, I got to do that. <laughs> More than once every five years. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy the season. You know what? Just do what you got to do. Throw that seed down. That's right. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.